want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control them? Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of the 10th Year Seniors Network. The season finale of Loki made me say we have to part again. Like, we have to. There are thoughts that needed to be had. Um, and I needed a special guest on the podcast. Someone, unlike Andrew, who is late for this podcast and still has not joined, um, someone who actually enjoys Marvel. And I present to you Dom. And Dom, I, you are, I want you to be the official Marvel correspondent because I feel like I'm too, you know, I'm too invested. <laughs> I'm too invested as a, as a fan of it. I can't be objective about it. I, I told you before the pod that for me, it's kind of like rooting for a sports team. So if Marvel goes down 0-2 in a series, I don't care. I believe that we can win four games in a row and take it. So, so I, I needed you here to like be a proper counterweight for this Loki discussion. I, I have no problem being your official Marvel um, correspondent. That is actually how I even ended up recording with you guys in the first place. You remember the Black Panther uh, premiere that we did that was, what, two years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah, time, BC, before Corona. I'm crazy before Corona. Time, you know. Yeah. Before Corona, when we went outside without having to wear a mask and worry about catching some infectious virus or disease. So Y'all was charging time. people $100 to watch Black Panther in, <laughs> in Galleria, sorry. In Galleria, wow. 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 We've come a, a long way. We, we definitely came from a very, very long way. But yeah, I'm pretty excited um, as soon as... Uh, we spoke, I was like, I gotta get on, on this just because I'm super excited about Loki and where it, where it's going to take the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I guess now the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, I guess you yeah. can call it that now. Wow. It's now the MCM. I don't know how I feel about calling it that, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. The finale, it, they stuck the landing. Um, and we spoke about this. We spoke about it in regards to WandaVision and saying that WandaVision is a great show. We don't feel that they may have, the finale may have, they stuck the landing with that. But with this, they definitely did. Um, and God knows how excited I was to see Jonathan Majors pop up on my screen. And I'm like, yes, yes, they did it. They went the route that I wanted them to go. This is perfect. So whenever you're ready, we can just jump right into it. Okay, I, I want to set like a little background for what Marvel did in this instance, because if you remember, Black Widow got um, pushed back a couple times, right? And then they moved yeah. it directly um, before the finale of Loki. And I think what Marvel did was, we know what we have with Loki. We know what this Jonathan Majors reveal is going to do. And it was a hedge. Marvel is, is essentially saying, we're going to hedge our bets in case black woman tanks and black woman black widow tanks <laughs> should have been a black woman. And first of all, let's be super clear about something. Scarlett Johansson is a black Japanese Latino multiracial. She's multiracial. She, uh, she transcends all races. Okay, let's not. So, we're calling her black woman is correct. Oh okay, shit! Not, okay, that is hilarious. <laughs> But like, so that is the that's the scenario that Marvel kind of kind of set up, right? And even going into Black Widow, you you're thinking to yourself, um, what are they doing? Like some, are they doing some tricks? Because like the expectations for Black Widow got pushed down so low that when the yeah. movie actually came out and it didn't completely suck and it was obviously better than Captain Marvel, it looked like a win that they released a movie that was like a 7.5 <laughs> that people waited two years for. So it's like, oh, well, see, there you go. And then they followed that up with Loki and this is the Marvel trick. The only thing that matters is the last thing that you saw. So if the last thing that you saw was Loki killing it for 40 minutes, that's all people remember now going into the next Marvel project, going into What If and going into Shang-Chi. Yeah, and truthfully, they should have, honestly, after watching Black Widow, that was a movie they definitely could have brought out in between Civil War. Um, but it was, it was enjoyable for what it was. I, I'll admit that. And even so, they set it up 
if you remember correctly, a lot of they had to do a lot of shuffling because if I remember correctly, one division wasn't even supposed to be the first show they rolled out. Um, I think they pushed it around and they reshuffled, but and Kevin Feige and all of his his um, gloriousness, he made it work. And now we see how Black Widow is connected to Nigger Bird and Nazi Zombie. I'm sorry, that's what I call. That's, that's the name of the I show. Call, that's the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the rest of the world may call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I call it Nigger Bird and Nazi Zombie. Um, but but you see how it's connected to that, and you know, like you said, it creates this whole level of okay. Well, I just saw Loki. Now I need to see what, what happens in Black Widow or see how all of this is connected. So you're right. It really comes down to the last thing you saw. And, and it works for Marvel. That's how you get butts in the seat. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, once Marvel is attached to it, people get excited. I, I have, I'll be honest, I know nothing about Shang-Chi, but they roped me in with that trailer. It looks interesting enough. And plus, we there look like we're finally going to get, get the real Mandarin. And it looks actually pretty interesting. It, it, they, I see some almost like, like I want to say ma- not Matrix, but um, what's the some of the movies? Uh, oh man, I can't remember. It's like a karate type movie. I think Rizzo was in it or something like that. Um, but it gives me those type of vibes, and, and it's different from what we're getting from the normal Marvel. So it's interesting to see what they're gonna do with Shang Chi, what they're gonna do with Eternals, because. Those two, regardless of how we cut it, those are still going to be pretty big gambles. At the end yeah, of the day, Black, Black yeah, Widow was them the playing with house money and then also yeah. them saying like, yo, we are going we to introduce Florence Pugh because we signed her to a max deal and she killed, killed it. it. And, Who you know, I know it? you as a Nick fan, you're not familiar with what it's like to sign big name free agents <laughs> who are going to produce. And they said, hey, as roll you up there, this is your rookie season, but you know that is a lot of it is going to revolve around Florence Pugh. Like, let's be honest, she now probably is. Um, I'm trying to like do this quickly in my head of who is left in the Marvel universe, but she is already up there as like one of the top actors that they have left. Um, in terms Oscar, of, in terms of actual, in terms of yeah, actually is, acting, yeah. So, uh, she, what she, she can do, she so she's quality. Right. As soon as you sign her to the team, you're just like, okay, I see you have to give her the ball in this instance. But to to get back to Loki and what Loki did and like, let me know how you felt about this. Um, I actually felt that if you binge this, you probably like Loki even more. Like you probably like the show even more because watching it uh, week to week. Once you get into because, if you know, if you're like us and you've seen all the Marvel content. Uh, some of the beginning of episode one is like they regurgitating some stuff that we'd seen before. A lot of stuff that we already know. And you're kind of like waiting to how is Loki going to react to knowing how he dies? How is um, how is he going to do like another Loki trick? He, I mean, he's a he's a god of mischief. So he's actually going to trick someone. But then at some point, like you see Loki do a pivot from the expectations. You have a uh, him and Luke Wilson running around together being boys to him and Sylvie uh, being together. And then you had the added twist of like, is this nigga falling in love with himself? And then it makes you do the mind exercise. Wait, if in the multiverse, if I meet me and then like the gal version of me and the gal version of me, fine, would I be into me? Like this is the kind of shit that Loki ended up doing. And then they said, now we can put you at the end of time by episode five. And that was a fantastic like, fantastic episode uh, knocked out of the park and then and then they said okay now we're gonna end it with you will see who is behind the tva and the amount of exposition we saw in the show like everything about it seemed like a perfect kind of uh pandemic one binge watch show but even week to week where the discussion lasts for an entire week and you countless recap videos on youtube countless podcasts countless discussions on it and for them to stick the landing like this right before going into a break, right before the Olympics, I think that's just impressive. Um, first of all, let's touch on the fact that Loki is a narcissist. He's the ultimate narcissist. So it's not that shocking that Loki fell in love with his female variant. It's not shocking at all that, that he fell in love with her, with Sylvie. Um, it is weird. And it does, 
you ask yourself that question. I feel like you definitely ask yourself this question, Gary. Where it's like, would I fall in love? Fuck, of course. <laughs> of course, I did. <laughs> you have to be. You have to be at certain levels. You have to be at a certain level of narcissist. You know, like a certain kind of narcissist to sit down and think that, and then probably come to the conclusion that yes, I probably would fall in love with my. Guilty, and the answer is yes. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I ain't even fronting you. Know. Fine, uh, female variant. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. Trust. Um, but to move <laughs> off of that, <laughs> no, um, I, I agree with you. I think if you watched it and you binged all six episodes, I think you would have liked it a lot more than if you watched it week to week. But I will say that I have, I've actually appreciated watching things week to week again because of Marvel, because now I remember how it feels to be excited for another episode. I haven't felt this way about a show where I had to watch it like, well, I lied. I was going to say Game of Thrones, but I still I feel that way about Snowfall. Love Snowfall. I love Even this latest season? Yeah. There, yeah, you yeah, see, I know. I know. I know. You changed your Twitter <laughs> name, so you didn't believe that for the latest season. Nah. <laughs> No, I still enjoyed it. This is a discussion for another time. There were certain things and certain aspects I didn't like. Downton Idris is still amazing. It's just the plot. Yeah. I think next season is going to be much better because it's going to end up being um, Franklin versus Teddy, essentially. But we'll get to that at another point in time. But like I was saying, um, it mm -hmm. feels good to actually anticipate an episode week to week. And so I enjoyed watching it weekly, but I can see how someone who watches it box to box to box would then be like this is great and i actually witnessed that for someone on twitter because there was this one guy um um i just shout him out shoddy he uh he watched it and i like what i like actually i like when people live tweet shows or movies that i've watched because i like to see their um, excitement and how they react to certain things that you know is coming up and he definitely got right into it like he was right into it and i and i saw like how it is if you watched it continuously versus that break and it's really a great show in terms of how it set up everything um first of all owen wilson killed it as mobius he was great i i from the first time we met him to the very end i still want i still hope mobius gets to hop on a jet ski but he was great um, I think I can never pronounce her name. Google. Impossible. Google. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 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 Google is one of them who like, it makes you like look her up after be like, let me see what this Instagram look like. <laughs> yeah. I, I Listen, the first time I saw her, I want to say, was it in the Cloverfield movie or no, she was actually in something else. I'm trying to remember if she was in Black Mirror or one of those shows, but she's great. I think she's absolutely gorgeous and she's a great actress too. And um, what's her name? Sophie DiMartino did a great job as Sylvie. Listen, it, it was a great show in terms of how it set things up. A lot of exposition. So if you're going into it expecting a lot of action, not going to get that. Even though when we but like, get... But uh, can I say, if you are a Marvel fan, there's been enough people punching people in the face and enough shit blown up <laughs> that you could watch people talk <laughs> for six episodes. That you should be okay with it. Be like, you know what? Thank you. I enjoy this now. I don't have to see another bad backflip or poorly choreographed fight scene. Thank you. Well, but then we talked about this earlier too, and you kind of stated that you're not a big fan of, like you said, super, the final battle, and somehow, some way, you're fighting your carbon copy, um, air quotes, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I don't know why they, they could just stop doing it, you know, like this is the thing they could just stop doing, it. you know, even in like Infinity War and Endgame, um, what I was thinking is that, and this is like a problem with all superheroes shows, right? All superhero content is because the heroes are so powerful. You know what they need? They need dummies to punch in the face. So I was even yeah, thinking yeah. Thanos is going to have to have an army where we get to see all of them fight and beat up people until they get to the main boss. And that's like in all superhero content, that's what they have to do, even um, from time immemorial. Like even the reason the demons from um, <laughs> from what's the uh, planet um, Darkseid has like the, even they oh, exist oh, is because yeah. they are superhero punching bags, and that's the reason for it. Really? And the power, the power, the power demons, yeah, like, the power demons, right? So, so the entire <laughs> the entire reason for that was 
we need to see all the powers on display because that's what people come to see it. And I'm I'm with you for that for some extent. But okay, ju- okay, I just okay, don't okay, think okay. that that should be how the movie ends. The movie shouldn't end with just them doing that exact same shit we came to see. Agree. And and it I compare that to I grew up on Power Rangers. I compare mm-hmm. that to the Puttiest. You always mm-hmm. knew Power Rangers had a, a tried and true formula. They're gonna set it up. The the, the teenagers with attitude are gonna Google solid. You know. Sorry, I'm on Google's yeah. Instagram. Go ahead. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> She's great. But like Power Rangers had a tried and true formula. The teenagers are gonna have some issue that's gonna go the entire episode. Something with bulk and skulk. And then for some reason, the putties, they're going to magically appear and then they're going to have to fight them and show off their badly choreographed fighting scenes until eventually the big monster of the day comes along and like Ren, you know, wash rent repeat type of thing. And that's really, yeah. that's the, that's, that's the tried and true formula for a superhero movie. Now, it, it's always good when they, when you have movies that actually flip that, that script. That's why I think we like The Dark Knight so much. Because, and I was saying this today, like, if you can take a movie, if you can take a superhero movie that, if you take the superhero element out of it, it's still a good movie. It's a good movie. The Dark Knight mm-hmm. is like that. If you remove Batman and the Joker and you just put... Um, a detective know, and a crazy person, you know? That would still be a great movie. If you yeah. take Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Black Widow out of, out of Winter Soldier... It's still gonna be a good movie because it's like an espionage movie, and so mm-hmm. you tend to like. And like I said, that's why I really enjoyed Civil War more than others because Civil War didn't follow that formula. Their big, the villain literally was um, Zemo, and all he mm-hmm. did was just outsmarted these guys. He didn't beat them with with, with brawn; he beat them with brains, and he pitted them against each other, and that was great. And like you said, Zemo is great dancers as well. So let's talk about let's talk about uh, villains for a second and what Jonathan Majors is attempting to do, right? Because the problem. Yeah, uh, can I, I think say? Can while, I say? Yeah. Let me say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Just of uh, what was that? Maybe the thirty minutes that he was on screen for Loki, he shoots into my top three of yeah. Marvel villains without me even having to see anything else from him yet. Yeah, like you know, this is like this is like he came in. It's like young LeBron. Like LeBron dunked twice versus Sacramento in Game One of his NBA career, and then you said, "Okay, yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah, he's a top five player of all time. That's the, that's yeah, the trajectory yeah. that we're on uh, right now." So I I, I don't even want to like. Um, I mean, I will do it. I will fucking gas this because I was entranced from the moment that he showed up because it was like. You could hear and watch all the content and all the theories about is Kang actually going to show up, right? And then when he actually does show up, you then think, how is he going to play this? Is he going to try to replicate what Thanos did? Um, or is he going to make the character his own? And I, and I think that the reason that Loki is getting so much buzz now is because when he came on and they had those scenes of him kind of explaining the multiverse and what's going to happen next. At the same time, when you're digesting um, all of the exposition, you are then in your head theorizing what this means, what are the various multiverses going to be, and then what are his variants going to be. And like the threat, the way that he threatened them was so almost like nonchalant and kidding. You'd be like, y'all do not know who y'all fucking with. Please don't do this. Like, please don't do this. And like every everyone has been... Um, making the comment about how he gave them the choice between uh, being a fascist or you live in a dictatorship. And this is like the kind of uh, fascist or, or democracy. And what do you actually want to happen? And it's a question that I think superhero content has always kind of played with, um, especially um, in the DCU. I mean, the, I mean, not DCU, at least actually in DC, but like yeah, what, what they actually kind of uh, play with all the time. And, what I think Loki represented in that last 30 minutes and like even the positive reaction to the show to me is that they elevated Tom Hiddleston and Jonathan Majors and Sylvia, I don't even know her real name. Sorry about that. But they elevated them to the level where they might actually, where they might actually get other people to say, I could, I mean, 
Kate Winslet is in Mayor of Easttown for seven episodes. That now they could get like other big movie stars to do it. Because to me now, Tom Hiddleston is in the Iron Man role of of Marvel. And that is to say that he is the crux of the story who has to like now put all the threads together. Wow, I never that's actually a very great comparison because that's true. Um, if we look at the Infinity Gauntlet saga or whatever, the crux of it really and truly came down to Tony Stark. He, Iron Man was the first movie we were introduced to, and pretty much he was more or less, him and Steve obviously were like de facto leaders of the Avengers, but you could basically say he was more or less the heart of the Avengers Infinity Saga. And now you look at it, technically speaking, I'm guessing that Loki has kind of taking that role good point um but yes um you're absolutely right i was enthralled by jonathan majors acting in that finale he went and he killed it and it's even more impressive when you find out that he improvised a lot of his lines and his mannerisms and stuff like that and that just I did not know he out. improvised I, the lines. That's fucking crazy. He did. He did. He did. He did. I think they said more or less when they were on the, the table scene, uh-huh. which was pretty much a, a good chunk of the episode, a lot of it was impro- improvisation by him. And it's impressive that he did that and he killed it. And I would say this about Jonathan Majors. For a long time, I had him on the outskirts of elite black Hollywood Whenever we spoke about them, I talked about Dancing Idris. I talked about Daniel Kaluuya. I talked about um, John Boyega. Um, I like I like Ashton Saunders. I think he's pretty good too. And I just kind of had Jonathan on the outside because I didn't really like him. And I think it was the Five Bloods. And I enjoyed him in Lovecraft Country, but there are times when I felt like he was annoying. I didn't know he had this type of range in him. And it's just so impressive the way he made, and technically this is in Kang who we met, let's be clear. That's yeah. technically, it, if we go based off what um, the subtitles told us, it's he who remains, but that's mm-hmm. technically immortal. That's technically immortal because he's overlooking the timeline. And mm-hmm. the way he talks of Kang, because we know he's talking about Kang, and he said, I have other variants out there who are more violent than me who are more nefarious than I am. And I'm only doing this to protect everyone from these, from, from these guys, or specifically from this guy. That was very, like, he didn't have to, it, and, and that's where, that's great exposition, because he just made Kang a major, like, villain without us having to even see this guy. Yo, can I, uh, I want to say a couple of things in response, right? Like one, you named up a bunch of British actors and then said, Jonathan Majors now can get it done. But two, on his, um, his line about variant, when the first time he said that, I paused it and then rewound it, listened to it again and said, if Future does not have a song called Variant coming out on his next album to be like, <laughs> I know you believe I'm toxic. But if you just get a hold of my variants and see what they could do, you would be thankful for me. And you you would say thank you. I think every uh, fuckboy or past fuckboy has had that thought in his brain. You know, wait until you see my variants and then um, go like, from there. Like you think I'm bad. Like, you think I'm bad. Like, wait until you see my variants. So, <laughs> there must be a rap who's going to sample that. That might be uncertified, lover boy. Not going to lie. Kevin Faggy's a Drake fan, I think. You, you, I, I was, I was thinking of who could it possibly be. I was gonna give it to someone who's more like into the pop culture stuff. But knowing Drake and Drake being who he is, and someone, I mean, someone would tell him he didn't watch Loki. I know he didn't watch Loki, but someone no, would tell but, him. But, Drake liked to take pictures is, with people. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's he's gonna be like, I need a picture with Jonathan Majors now. Exactly. I, I was gonna say he's a wave rider. It is what it is. Drake mm-hmm. is a wave rider. It is what it is. I can definitely see Drake saying some shit like, you know, if you think I'm bad, wait till you see my variant or some shit like that. That's yeah. very much on the nose, straight type of line. So, that's a bar that's just waiting out there for anyone to get. 
he's probably in the studio right now, like dropping the vocals. Because I don't even know when he's gonna give us certified lover boy. We were supposed to get that what January or February. It is now July. I don't know if we're ever gonna get it at this point. I but, mean, marvelous yeah. give us content when they say so. You know. Good point. Good point. <laughs> but no, to go back to everything with with Jonathan Majors, no, he totally killed it. Um, and we, we spoke about exposition, and I think this is an exposition-heavy episode, but it knocked it out of the park in, in terms of setting up the future of the MCU. And I started to tell you this earlier, that going into what is this new phase, this phase after, you know, the Infinity Saga, um, I had a, to me, I figured they were just going to keep it simple and only, like, like keep we're not gonna. We, I didn't think we we're gonna have a, a team up again, like oh, where everyone's involved. I figured it was just gonna be okay. Well, Wanda's gonna appear in a Doctor Strange movie, or you know maybe you get Spider-Man. You know Thor's gonna appear with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know I thought it was gonna be a situation where we get mixed match um, superheroes appearing in each other's properties. I didn't think we were gonna get an all-encompassing type of storyline anymore, and then boom, this happened. And like now it's what's next because i've literally i've legit sat down after i watched that episode trying to you know come to, to to some realization of what this can mean like i saw a tweet that said that kevin feige now has the ability to do whatever the hell he wants and it's canon and you cannot argue it like you can't <laughs> like that is crazy to me and, and, and think, on top of that, and mm -hmm. I, I want to make a real quick point that I don't that we didn't touch on, and I just, I just remembered it. We are gonna get a black um, Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic. Just so you know that Kang Immortals, he who remains. Nathaniel Richards is a director. Yeah, it's from this from um, his bloodline, right? But right. then I mean, so honestly, means, that's like from the thirty first century. They could easily they they could get away with that. Because when I say they could get away with that is that they, it's a thousand years. So because it's a thousand years, you could fucking say you could fucking say like, yeah, you're he's a descendant of Tony Stark, which is the the next rumor, right? Ah, that he's a yeah, Tony Stark descendant. So then that also gets Tony Stark back in the story and could bring him in because that's the the reason. Also, Tony Stark's daughter is is gonna be important, and then one of the variants ends up being Iron Lad, who could have like. The connection to his family bloodline you know, uh, you that know way. So I, I, I don't think it's set in stone um, that no. we get Reed Richards uh, that, that we get a black Reed Richards. It would be great, but uh, if you tell me that Emily Blunt and uh, Mr. Emily Blunt get to be in the Marvel Universe, I think that would be a coup, and I don't think you say no to that. Are you really going to do my boy like that and call him Mr. Emily Blunt? I mean, one of them is the main star. <laughs> like, they, they don't share, but one of them is the main star. Like, it's, it's one of them who they knew. And, like, when The Quiet Place came, I was like, well, she ain't gonna die. First of all, John Krasinski is a great author. <laughs> we're, we're not gonna do that to John Krasinski, okay? He's a no, 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 we're not, we're not gonna do that. But, I mean, there is a reason that um, he pivoted to directing. We all we, we, oh. we know we, we know we know and I don't think it's no shame and I think like yo the Reed Richards that's a that's a move but I believe you know why I believe that there's a delay is that he have to convince her to do it because Reed Richards gets all the great storylines and she gets to be invisible woman. So if <laughs> so he have to get her Oscar nomination and then she could be like you know what okay cool. No, and actually, um, the whole idea of it being him that Kang is being as a direct descendant of Tony Stark, we watched the same video because I saw that as well, where they were like, "Hey, well, Tony had a daughter, and we can say that his daughter continued his lineage, and somewhere along the line, boom, there's Nathaniel Richards, and like you said, he's Iron Lad. So that actually, I would actually be totally for that, and that's another thing that this multiverse opens up." They now can bring back Tony Stark. They now can bring back Steve Rogers. I mean, like, let's be let's be honest. Like, that's going to happen. Like, him and Scarlett Johansson gonna are going to come back at some point. 
It's yeah. just that it might be 10, 15 years from now. But now this opens up the lane that they can come back. And this is the idea of like multiverse and even in in both Marvel and DC is the idea that you get to completely restart a storyline from scratch. You can uh, recast a new actor. You can put a new person um, in a role and you sell more comics doing that. And the idea of the multiverse is because like even in comic books, people don't actually ever die because you could just put them oh. in a new universe. And I've always said that um, the the DC multiverse is better than a Marvel multiverse. But what Marvel keeps doing is getting to these properties and getting to these ideas first. And once they get to these <laughs> ideas first, if DC then tries to do it, it's just not going to look like the same. It. it looks like you know, these... You know, both of them are not, you're not going to get both uh, properties doing um, the same idea and then they both make the same amount of money or have the same kind of critical reception. Can I, can I, can I compare it to when we got both um, Olympus Has Fallen and what is it? White House Down? You, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yep. that? Yeah. Yep, yeah. I and do remember we, this and well. I th I, and I think we all agreed that Olympus Has Fallen was the much better White House has been taken over by terrorist story than white house down you know yeah. and so i agree I, I i agree and because now the way things are setting up with with the flash movie it seems like that's going to be a flashpoint paradox movie because yeah you know they talked about having michael which Keaton is the best multiverse story but now it it's going to come after all this and it's going to look second rate because i yeah it will. Any, it will any anyone who knows me knows that i love flashpoint paradox First of all, DC's animated universe is second to none. It's amazing. It's great that I wish whoever is in charge of the animated universe was in charge of the extended universe because what they do in the animated universe, it just makes so much more sense. It's, it's more, it, 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 it's cleaner, you know? And so I'm, but I'm actually excited for the Flash, Flash movie because I feel like this is their opportunity to right a lot of wrongs that they have done. And I still feel like as much as I have given DC hell, and I've only given DC hell because I know that they can do so much better. And by the way, I am a man of steel apologist. I remember watching that and thinking that was a great start to them in terms of yeah. universe building. And they gave us a completely different Superman who actually had to deal. He was, I know they said, oh, I don't like my Superman to be brooding, but he's human. Like he grew up with, 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 with Ma and Pa Kent. All right, so he's human, and it's okay for him to to have to deal with human emotion. And I love well, I mean, deal for that. I love Amy Adams, but um, she's. I love Amy Adams, but um, they're <laughs> running into the <laughs> same kind of Kirsten Dunst, Maggie Gyllenhaal problem with Superman. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but <laughs> but for the. For your um, DC animated universe story, right? Um, and saying that they should incorporate that into the dcu dom i'll say this the difference is we know college coaches can coach college football college basketball but there's a transition into the pros that's just different and the pros is just different so that's why i don't think and i used to i used to think like that but now like looking back on some of them and, and some of the stories and even the latest one i'd be like i don't know if this could translate like the way people think that it can they can be in the room. They can have ideas. You can be an offensive side of the ball. There could be one person who just writes like one or two characters. But I don't know if like, because the whole thing is like, I think very, very different. And it's it's why we don't look at it um, necessarily as the same way. But let's get back to, um, and, and like before we get to our second topic on the pod, I, I want to like end on what are the possibilities of what could happen next? Because we know, we already know what like the slate of like what a lot of phase four is going to look like. But I, and I, I mean like broad strokes possibilities of now that I think that they could be way more liberal on the characters dying because they can bring them right. back now. Yeah. So once you introduce that into the story, and like when I say a character die, I mean like an actor gets maybe five to eight years off from being in these movies you could go make all the art house movies you want to make and then we can bring your character back um i think that adds a level of finality in marvel movies that we didn't see before like 
even like Loki's death, like when that happened, that was like a oh shit moment and it propelled Thor's story down a particular path. And like, what what do you see coming next for them? Uh, well, one thing we didn't discuss, but I tweeted about it. I definitely feel like the multiverse is going to be um, Disney's way, Marvel's way of explaining Chadwick's absence. I I don't know how. I'm totally spitballing here, but mm-hmm. I really feel like they're gonna use the multiverse in some form or fashion to kind of explain Chadwick's absence. You know, they don't obviously. You know, they don't want to kill him off or anything. I know they said that, but they're. I feel like they're gonna use it in a way that's still gonna honor him but probably kind of move the story forward. I don't know if they're going to completely recast him. I don't know if that's something that they would want to do. Or maybe they do, and they just say that he's T'Challa from another universe. I don't know for certain, but I definitely... Yeah, like the other kid goes back. Like something happens during that Oakland scene, and then Killmonger is the one who actually goes back. Like that's how they... I mean, that's the easiest way I think that they could get around that. And then they get yeah, Michael B. Jordan in the universe after. That's a character everyone loved initially. Right. And I and I, I, I don't want them to go that route because it just seems so, almost like too easy. But I can see them yeah. doing that where, where he takes... You, no, no, no. I could, I could already tell what you're doing. You want one of your British actors to get the job. That's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly First what it is. Listen, if we could get Donson, if we could get Donson either. I, I, I knew that's what you was thinking. I knew that's what you was trying to say. I get it. I get it. Listen, I, I honestly truly believe Donson Idris is like the next Denzel Washington. He has like this quiet brooding thing that just explodes. Like to me, the great, like one of the greatest pieces of television that I've seen recently is obviously the scene with Franklin and Leon in the car. So yeah, I, I'm very high on that guy, but Moving forward off of that, beyond this Black Panther, um, I, like we said, definitely we know which movies are up, um, coming up. So the first movie I think that's going to be directly affected by it will be Spider-Man No Way Home. And that they're going to, now we finally understand how the hell we're going to see Toby, Andrew, and Tom coming face-to-face with one another and having to deal with the possible Sinister Six. I, you know, and obviously Doctor Strange comes um, next year as well. But beyond that, like beyond just going into the future and spitballing, I, it's gonna, they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four this way, I feel. That's how we're going to get the Fantastic Four, obviously. And definitely, I feel like now we have possibly a clear pathway to mutants being introduced to, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there are so many ways for them to go with this. And thing. you know, this is the thing, Dom. Like, let's be real, for real. This is the actual start to phase four. All the stuff before was just like, you know, that was like the in-between. That was like 3.5. This is the real phase four start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of of it really, like, I mean, it kind of counted, but not really. Like, oh, wait, great, Mysterio. That's amazing. (laughs) Chilling off. Good job. (laughs) And and truthfully, if we're we're honest with ourselves, if I remember correctly, um, Far From Home is actually supposed to be the end of phase three. Like, it was tacked on at the end. Like, truthfully, I mean, I'm still, I mean, I guess that was just a, a way for them to get another Spidey movie out. And they were going to use Ride the Wave of um, 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 Endgame. Because that was, no, that, a lot that, of that was the negotiation with Sony, that that one had to come right. at the time that it came. Right, yeah. And, I, and that's what I was going to say, because they have to work with Sony, I figured it was like, well, we'll just throw this out. And it was cool for what it was, you know, because it dealt with Peter having to step out of the shadow of Tony and figure things and, out. And, and we got more Zendaya. Yeah. We, we are more Zendaya. And we also got um, some talk about the multiverse. And I thought Jake Gyllenhaal did a pretty solid job as, as Mysterio. I, I think that that it was a particular scene when Mysterio had him and like this hologram that was really, really, really dope to me. But... This is really the start of phase four right here. Like, I think we all can agree. Thanos and, and like, I loved what Loki did. They minimized the importance of the Infinity Stones, like, right off the bat. Episode one, it was like, oh, you wanted, oh, you looking for this? Oh, dude, I use these as paperweights. Like, they totally killed the idea that the Infinity Stones were, like, the greatest thing ever. 
I loved how they did that because it was a, a clear indication that we're no longer dealing with Thanos. Because, right, you have to keep up in the stakes. And every right. time that we go into it, we have to think that, like, the entire universe is at risk right now. Right. And w without that, uh, without the threat like that, like, and then once they finally do fix a timeline and we end one streamlined timeline, then you bring in Galactus. Like, that has to oh, be... Yeah, that well, has to be the path that they do um, because, okay, you're building up to Secret Wars. There's going to be a Secret Invasion show. Um, yep. And then you're going to have the final showdown with Kang, which is probably like years and years away. Um, By the way, I think, we, I, think, I think after Kang is disposed of, I think we actually get Doom. I actually feel that way. I feel like Doom is going to be... Uh, throughout this phase, I think they're going to litter little clues about Doom throughout mm -hmm. different movies and then eventually he comes along and he's the next big bad guy i don't know how long they plan this, this phase out though. I, because I, like when you yeah like when you think about stuff right um galactus would be hard to do just because of how he yeah. looks and how you do that i've always said like attack on titan would be hard to do because how do you make that like cinematically work you can make the um the gear that they have work uh, with uh, trees and buildings and whatever that kind of stuff, but to make the actual Titans work, that's so much harder to do, and that's like the Galactus problem. And I'm sure that they've been in a meeting and someone said, "Yeah, but this could look stupid on screen. Like, how how are we gonna have them do this for a whole movie?" Speaking of, they actually have a, a live action Attack on Titan movie. I have not watched it. No, they don't. No, I they don't. That does not count. Okay, that don't count. I that haven't watched count. it. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to put a bad taste in my mouth because while we're on it, I think Attack on Titan is the greatest anime. If they stick the landing, if they stick the landing with they Eric, didn't. <laughs> just, I just you, want you, you to you know that. It. Yeah, of course I did. They did you, not. You, <laughs> they did not. <laughs> let's let's go. No, but I I think like there's a whole lot of discussion. This is a whole other discussion. But okay, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But, like, uh, like but hey, you never know. They might actually do what um, what Walking Dead does and what Marvel does, which is like you get your sauce content and you say, cool, cool story, bro. Now watch how I change this. And then put something different that it might be more um, palatable to audiences. But um, I've, actively, it, I've actively avoided um, trying to spoil Attack on Titan for myself. Because, like, even the reveal that Aaron, like, went healed, to me, that was, like, one of the greatest heels. Not the greatest heels since Hulk Hogan joined the NWO to me. I'm like, I mean, shit, Aaron, Aaron is a bad guy now? I mean, and that's, that's I, depending on the perspective that you have. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a heel turn. Well, actually, to be super clear now, to be super clear, the thing about that, no, here's the thing about, and I don't, I think sometimes we get lost on this, is that um, a heel isn't necessarily always just a. Oh, you're gonna do some wrestling action. shit right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 um, I, um, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I knew, I knew this I, is coming. Uh, no, a heel, a heel isn't just he, he, he or she usually has some reasoning behind what they're doing and a lot yep. the best heels are the ones who actually feel like look what i'm doing is for the betterment of everybody and those are normally yeah. the best heels because they're they're not just like two-dimensional these are three-dimensional characters with actual like there's a reason why there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing and they believe that what they're doing is for the greater good and so to me i my belief was always Aaron and Historia probably got it on, had a kid, and like now he's like, fuck this shit, because we're not gonna let Marley come kill my family. We gonna fuck Marley up first. That's what I always, that's, that has been my belief. And I've stuck to that, and I refuse to, to read anything else into the future that may end up screwing over yeah. what I believe Listen, in. Listen, man, I'm not gonna say anything about it. Um, the view of the heel turn is absolutely correct. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't agree that he's an actual heel. <laughs> I feel like I've watched enough, um, how can I put this, um, Nazi revenge movies where I'd be like, man, fuck them. <laughs> like, okay, I guess he got it. 
You got to you no, like and like think thing, about the the circumstances of you know what we're not doing this <laughs> because this, that's a whole yeah, hour podcast. Yeah, no, we 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 have to we we'll do a talk on time another time because I yeah. have my beliefs on it. Because once I figured out like the show was nothing how I thought it was, I thought that was the greatest flip ever. I remember it was a good there, flip. Like, it was a good flip. I was like, what, I was like, what? Like when they showed like the whole backstory of Aaron Sada, I was like, hold the fuck on. This show just elevated itself from being a really, really good anime show to just being a really good show, period. But okay, we talk so about I'm going to use this moment now to pivot, right? Because what we were also talking about is in 2021, like, what kind of content um, are people being exposed to? And then, like, what kind of content is being um, marketed to you? And then what you're attracted to either through marketing or through what you believe is uh organic base and i i was making the um the comment to you earlier before the pod which you know we do pods before the pod where i was saying like there's just some content where you can see like the like the lines of marketing that's being geared towards you and you see it like very overtly if you go on your instagram feed where you would see like maybe three pictures of your friends and then you would just see promoted content and uh, I'm sure other platforms have this to various degrees or they have ads to various degrees. But um, for you, what kind of content do you think like you're consuming and then how it's shaping how people even uh, how people even viewing stuff? Because like we spend so much time on, you know, our devices or looking at screens. It's that whatever we're looking at becomes the most important thing to us in that moment or becomes a thing that can most easily distract us. Um, yeah, I actually, and we spoke about this, and uh, an example I forgot to give, give you, I believe there are a lot of movies and shows that try to, like you said, be on the nose and try to like link with pop culture. Um, I haven't completed it yet, but I feel they definitely did that with Space Jam. Uh, they. <laughs> I I need to finish it so I can have a. a, a nah, so you're saying that because they had no Knicks in the show. Come on, let's be honest. Nah, nah, at least you had Ewing in the first one. There's no Knicks in the Space Jam. None of y'all I, made the cut. I, I, Fucking Obi. Obi wasn't gonna make it. <laughs> it. Has nothing to do with the Knicks and the fact that I saw like a lot of like um, they did a lot of pop culture references like. I don't. I want to see how it plays out and how they tie everything into it. And I guess it should be easy, considering that what based off what the movie is going to be about, it should be easy to make those connections. But yeah, I, you see it a lot more now. You see even with um, with with companies, you know, every company now, like they're on social media and they're trying to mimic and emulate Black Twitter with the slang and all of that. Shoot, I, I told you earlier, I feel like Black Twitter now is, it went from it being organic to now it feels like everyone's Another marketing things. device, yeah. Yeah, like, every, like, like and, and marketing themselves, because everyone's mm -hmm. trying so hard to go viral. I remember people asking if the Gorilla Glue Girl actually did that by mistake, or she did it on purpose so she could go viral, and... It's kind of the world that we live in now where a lot of it is tied into, you know, people doing a lot of things that like on the nose and it's no longer organic. And you even know? to the idea that um, you were saying that she that maybe people have the idea that she was trying to go viral. It's also that we even have that thought that we have the thought that right. these things that were once organic or we believe just happened through the course of normal life and people might have mistakenly share it or people like said something and now they get like the idea of public shame all over them that now that is just par for the course and then we think about like okay are you actually doing this because you want attention for it because you want people to take a second look at you or um whatever you're doing because even that in and of itself like kind of is a marketing strategy and to your point with uh, companies you'd see like every june every company has like the pride flag up and then July 1st comes yeah. and then that's gone. Every company yeah. was like tweeting about Juneteenth um, yeah. before Juneteenth. And you're like, what the fuck? I, do, I don't think you've ever said anything about this. And then that becomes a thing. And you see it seep into the writing and into TV shows where you have 
people talking in the vernacular of like whatever online discourse is like and then people have to have the beliefs of the opinion of the online discourse or they get ostracized from it and like the content is kind of now becoming um the thing I, I think it used to be that people were driving the content and now content seems to be driving the people that like when there are like so many straw mind arguments when someone would say something like oh they cooking him on twitter and then you'd be like but who it was like five people who said something negative about it but then the overarching story becomes that you know I agree and you i you i can actually tell you what i think the turning point was for all of this last year george floyd plus COVID. I felt like that was the absolute turning point. I mean, it, it started to happen before that, mm-hmm. but I feel like if we were, if we had to find a, that, that little point in time, funny enough, point in time, time various authority, all of that, that's kind yeah, of cool how go. we just tied that in. But if we had to find a point in time, it, I definitely feel last year, everyone cooped up in their house, George Floyd, I feel like that's when it happened because after George Floyd happened, it was it was such a larger outcry about you know um, injustice, and then you started seeing you know everyone participate, all the big companies participated in Blackout Day, you know, mm-hmm. and it became and then all of a sudden Juneteenth became such a big deal, and now look a year later Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is officially recognized um, as what a federal holiday, and I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of that kind of that was the turning point. So now you're seeing, and, and we kind of talked about this. It, you see it now, it's, it's yearning over into sports as well because we see it, you know, last year because of George Floyd, that ended up putting a microscope on sports and the sporting leagues, you, you know, and you looked at the NBA and the NBA has probably the, has the largest, um, um, you know, population of their players, you know, being black. And so now it's like, well, why don't why don't we have more black coaches? And now in this coaching cycle, we see what seven new head coaches, and they're they're black coaches. And you know, I'm not gonna turn this into well whether or not someone deserves it or not. I'm all like I I've said this in groups. I am happy that that some certain guys are getting the looks that they're getting now. Jamal Mosley, who who got hired by Orlando, he has been a name I've heard in the mix for. For, for about maybe two years now and shockingly he didn't get a, a coaching opportunity you know and so I'm happy that he got a chance he made Udoka I, I know what he did he was on the pop and I and I, I kind of familiar with his coaching background as well and his playing background he got a chance now in Boston so I'm, I'm glad to see guys that you know they were passed over at other times when they probably should have gotten an opportunity get their opportunities now um, but it's just interesting, like you said, like a lot of, I, I, I don't want to turn this into that, but it just, I feel like last year with George Floyd, that was the turning point for everything kind of being more, you know, less organic. If I, yeah. If so I the idea is that you're being kind of like placated to, I would yeah. be of the opinion that like, yo, fuck it. However they get the job, they get the job. And like, if that number is increasing and then that they put more, um, staff, NBA staffs look different. And then that's more people getting the experience and more people getting eyes on them. I think that in of itself is a good thing, but I do get your point is that some of them may be getting second looks because these teams now are so sensitive to the idea of that they're just retreading another white coach in there that why don't we give a younger black coach a, a chance and then like professional sports is so copycat that you see Ty Lue, Monty Williams like three of the four coaches in the conference finals were black right and you see that also kind of um, becoming pervasive in the NFL where a lot of the young dynamic um, coaches such as the Dolphins Brian Flores are black head oh coaches oh my god and, and <laughs> shut up shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. so then so then, so then <laughs> You can have that one. Yeah, hey, thank you, listen, thank you. I, I have no, I think Flores is a great coach. I, I absolutely hate that you guys have a black head coach and yeah. a black general manager, and they're yeah. actually really good. And like, yeah, I hate yeah, it. Yeah. But the, yeah. the only the only solace I can find is that we actually have a pretty decent general manager, and he made a great hire because I'm super, super on board with Robert Sala. 
I'm, listen, I'm I'm very proud of you guys going six and ten already. So you know, <laughs> welcome to the conversation. But but like, I think like what we are also um, talking about is is and not to like dance around it, right? Is because on this podcast we've talked about like because people who didn't have voices before and now have voices and they now have the ability to influence corporations. But I, I also think what's being lost in that discourse is that it's to an extent and to a certain time period, because uh, my friend Miguel always has this thing. He always says averages, no matter what, like things will average out and then you will right. like see a backlash of this. And one of the, the incidents that um, reminded me of this, and this is like also content based, right? Um, Last week during the Euro Cup finals, Italy playing England, England, all oh, of the players okay. who missed um, penalties for their we're team black. were black. We're and black, then you yeah. saw the outcry and like there was a lot of racism piled on those players and piled onto their family members. And then you, when you see like the English national football team have to come out and say something about it, and then the players have to come out and say something about it at the times, like all this healing that you think that has been done like one like one skewed football score then changes how those people do it so all that healing you saw all those people walking in the street their team loses and they're drunk and then they say what they actually fucking feel and um, that's also content uh, and i know sports fans can be like extra salty i would say fuck certain people <laughs> like when my team yeah. loses <laughs> but like that I, is I, I, sometimes I, that's beyond though like and i think like because even that in of itself, like the instant, and this is how even my brain is trained. When I saw those players miss those goals, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, like can, my can thought say, was like, can, yeah. Can I say something? I, I had the exact same reaction. The only thing, first of all, um, I follow I follow, I follow, follow soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. I follow it, right? So I know mm -hmm. these guys. I know mm -hmm. who they are. I was active. I, listen, I tell anyone when it comes to like national, like soccer stuff, like you know, what I'm saying, so, you know, football, soccer, playing on a national level. I always go for whoever has the largest contingency of black players. That's just me. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I do it. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sorry. No, I root for whoever's black. That's just what I do. And I root. Mm -hmm. I rooted for England. I rooted for France. And so anytime I see where there's a large contingency of black players, I'm there. I immediately thought, like, when I saw, who is it? It was Rashford, Sancho, and Saka. When I saw that they missed England lost, I tweeted I, I about it. I was like, listen, the level of racism we're going to see is going to be medieval. And it, it turned out to be just that. And, and especially when you saw Harry Kane was the first one and he got it in like so easily and he yeah, was just like, yeah, like, after what he did the, the game before, he was just exactly. like, oh, I got this one now. Yeah. And what's crazy about it is, like, uh, one of my friends, uh, Medario, uh, he's a huge, huge uh, soccer fan, Liverpool fan. We spoke about this, and he was upset that during the entire run up into the finals, they kept talking Harry Kane, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, when it actually was Raheem Sterling, who was the far and away best player on that English squad. By far, and, you yeah. Know, it felt like, yeah, and it felt like Kane was getting all the attention, and I, and, and we, we all felt some type of way, because it's like, we know who it is. Sterling's been carrying this team. And so, but yeah, it, it's crazy and you, that you know, and I think like, was that. You know what was, like, at least to me, so fucked up about it, is that in any classic sports scenario, you know the thing that you should be complaining about is refs and coaches. Like, that's what you do, like, when a team does yeah. it. But, like, yeah. when you think about it, like, even watching NBA, you've never, like, in your head, like, if Luca fucks up, like, we don't think that, right? Like, we never... I don't know, like, my favorite person to make fun of is Rudy Gobert. Like, I, I remember the Jazz loss in the playoffs. <laughs> I went on the 10th year seniors account. I logged in just to specifically go on the Jazz account and be like, you're an unserious franchise. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> like, that's the kind of, like, I don't know, kind of shit I want to talk. I don't want to, if someone loses, like, that's not the kind of thing that you think of. But, like, I think um, everyone has it in their brain that we're all content creators. So because that's the case, everyone believes that they have to have like some kind of like take, some kind of extreme take 
in order for it to be like retweeted or restated online. And I think, you know who, who my favorite people are? People who, well, not favorite, but like the funniest people. And I think like they're pure of heart. People who don't get the joke or who don't get the sarcasm, <laughs> like in anything that's said in online discourse, because that means that everything they say and do, they just actually mean that shit. And they don't, they're not trying to get other people to like, buy into what they're saying they're not my favorite people because they're not funny of course but, but not, not, they're almost like um more authentically themselves all the time because they can't be anything else good point um and you know you're right like for me normally i don't there's probably one player in in history that i can say i truly hate with all my heart is reggie miller that's it <laughs> like, like I can't, I couldn't stop him as a player, and I can't stop him as a broadcaster. Um, but even then, I don't hate him to that point that I want to see him die or something, you know. Um, or I'm gonna spew some type of ignorant shit at him, you know. I'm a Yankees fan too. God knows I hate Big Poppy, but I respect him as a player, you know. And I, and at the end of the day, it's still just entertainment in the game, you know. You know, and so I think that's probably the most frustrating thing that came out of the Euros that it led to that and it became that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that we weren't surprised by it. And just kind of to go back to what you were saying, you know, every time you think you make some step forward, you're really not. You really mm-hmm. haven't, you know. And so it, I think that was like possibly the most disappointing thing for me there, you know. So but I don't I really think, hate anyone. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the last thing I want to um, make on this point before we close out is just that it will all be set right when there is a final of probably England, France, Belgium, and Brazil in the, in the World Cup <laughs> next year. And I think, I, I think that will that would all be the case. But I, I was going to compliment your podcasting when you brought up Reggie Miller in the Knicks because as the last part of the podcast, I just want you to just talk about the Knicks as, as you will, as you want. Because, I mean, like, let's be honest, if Kevin Durant was, you know, on the Knicks, you guys would probably be in the conference final. You would have beat Milwaukee, I believe, because you had enough. Um, but yeah, how do, how do you feel, man? Just talk about the Knicks, um, honestly, not the Jets, because we don't allow Jets discussion on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're talking about the Knicks right now. Honestly, um, the entire season was quite surprising to me, and it was fun. I I think every Knicks fan that I knew, even though we lost in five to Atlanta, and it was disappointing, especially because it, we felt like we could have beat them because we swept them during the, during the season, but um, a lot of beat. But I think we all enjoyed this season because it was fun because we, first of all, I did not see Julius Randle turning into this all-NBA type player. Um, but uh, and so that not was, in the playoffs, was for sure. Well, not in the playoffs, no. But I, I wanted, listen, I wanted Randle off my team so bad last year. I was ready for us to trade him for like a bag of chips. And so for him to make that, 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 you know, turnaround, that was huge. But I think the biggest thing is to watch our young guys develop. RJ Barrett looks like a competent, like a competent player. Like, like compared to his rookie season, he had flashes, but he, it was a lot more sustained this year. I think he shot over 40% from three. And I think he's what, only 20, 21. He's only going to get better. If he can become like a Chris Middleton type player, I would be ecstatic. But okay, also, yeah, relax. Relax. Come God, on. Dude, no. like, Chris Middleton is an all star. He's on the US team. Come on, relax. Come on. I mean, RJ Barrett's on the Canadian team. I mean, that's just, yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. going to say, the, the US team is kind of trash, but we're not going to talk about them right yeah. now. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you know, seeing guys like Emmanuel quickly develop into the player that he, that he became, and then Derek Rose redemption tour. It was just a fun season. Um, Tim did a great job. He essentially took the same roster we had previously, and he turned it into a playoff squad. Now what happens next? That's a good question. What do we do? Do we go, do we swing for the fences? Do we try? Okay, this is enough. This is enough. This is gross. This is gross. This is gross. That was gr- <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. We listen. If we get Damian Lillard or a player of his caliber, we need to do an emergency pod just so I can talk shit. Yeah, you know what? If if that if that happens, 
I will I will set it up. You will have an emergency port where I'll just be like, talk. Just talk, just talk. Go. Okay. okay. Go. But I appreciate that you gave me some time to talk about my neck. And um, what I don't believe is that Trey Young was in Nassau this whole time and you didn't even go to have words with him. Like, I mean, wow. First of all, first of all, I I would keep it real with you. I actually love Trey Young. I listen. For, I, maybe it was because I was just so excited that we were back in the playoffs and the garden was like live again. I love that villain shit he did. He's perfect like, for was, it. Yeah. He's perfect for it. Like he took that Reggie Villa mantle and he ran with it. And like I didn't even hate him for it. I was just so in awe. Like yo, this dude is cold as fuck. And then on top of that, like he has the self awareness to understand and play up the victim thing. He went into the, the garden and did that, and then he went into Philly and did that. And you need guys like that in the NBA. That's just what it is. Like you need to be able to market players like that. And just a quick like transition, because we had a conversation in, in, in a group chat. We talked about how baseball and the whole situation with Stephen A. Smith and Shohei uh, Otani. The issue with baseball right now is that they don't. They have the guys they can market, but they need to allow these guys to show their personalities. Like fuck their unwritten rules. Let these guys bot flip. Let them show both. Like let let Jazz do his Euro step into the home play after he hits a home run. Like let Tatis and Vladdy Jr. be themselves, you know. And that I, that's why the NBA gets it. You know, first of all, NFL that the shield will always succeed just because it's just football. No matter what Roger Goodell tries to do to. The neuter the league, NFL will be fine. But the NBA understands that you need stars to market for people to come and watch, and that's what baseball needs to get too. They need to understand. Let these guys, let the kids play. You know, so that's all I think. I agree. I agree on all those points. We will have um, more time. We'll come back in later podcasts. Pro- probably one just to discuss like all of Attack on Titan and get a real deep dive on that. For that one, I will request that you go by John for because I have a lot of thoughts. I'll probably have to rewatch the whole thing, or at least especially the later seasons again. And um, there will be an ongoing New York florida battle because as you <laughs> listed all of the teams who you root for <laughs> and i was like the complete opposite in florida of all the teams and, and, that and it works and, and it, it works makes for good discord it makes for yeah. good discord yeah but I'm so thank you yeah yeah but thank I'm, you Dom, for coming on the podcast and this is your first experience working with andrew how was it how, how was it being uh working with andrew and having a pod and discussion with him what was that like it was great. You know, he didn't have much to say today, but <laughs> he's an active listener. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that. he is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Randolph. All right, man. This has been the I Need a Minute podcast. Everyone stay woke.